Hello. Hello. Salam and good evening to you, worthy friend. Please, please, come closer. Uh, too close, a little too close. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Disney Brit Radio Show. Thank you once again for joining us. It is me, Adam, and uh, joining me as always is Alan. Hello, Alan. How are you? Ow. What, why ow? Ow. What's wrong? In several places. You've. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit later, won't we, With uh, when we do the <laughs> running stuff. But yeah, you've been out and done a big old run today. Just a bit. And you're a little bit sore. Yeah. And worse for wear. Sore before <laughs> stuff. It's not good that you're sore before we even begin doing the show and, and you're just going to sit and moan about it for the whole show now, aren't you? Actually, just thinking about that, we've got quite a bit of um, Run Disney stuff, haven't we? We have, we've got some Run Disney stuff to talk about, yeah, uh, which we need to uh, talk about during the show today, which is good. Um, you, but you're, other than that, you're okay, other than the fact you're in pain from doing lots I'm, of running. I'm, I'm, I've got full uh, mental capacities there. Right, so the full, you know, your brain's working. Um, yeah, just not my um, bones. Just not your body. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us once again. Uh, we are here for the full Disney Brit show, and uh, we've got loads of interesting things to talk about this week. We've got sort of four things ready to talk about this week. The first one is um, I want to talk to you about uh, the. Uh, di- well, we've got the Disney. The. Shall I start again? Just start again. Uh, we want to talk about some uh, rumours and some bits and pieces that are coming to uh, Walt Disney World and Disneyland Paris. We've also uh, want to talk to you a little bit about uh, our Run Disney stuff and uh, obviously the launch of the marathon and all those bits and pieces. We want to talk a little bit about. And uh, we've got our um, we've got our ultimate Disney's ultimate attraction to do. And Alan's going to talk to us a little bit more about uh, his last holiday. And we're going to be focusing particularly on Disney Cruise Line. As this was Alan's first ever occasion on a cruise line, and we uh, we thought we'd talk about it and find out sort of his opinion on it and uh, what he knows about it and all those bits and pieces. So, yeah, they're the things that we've got to talk about this week. And uh, I suppose there's no point in hanging about. Should we go straight into news and rumours? Straight into all the news and rumours. All the news and rumours. Here we go. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Zazu. Checking in with the morning report. Fire away. Okay, well, uh, it's news and rumours normally, but uh, today we're going to concentrate on rumours because, to be honest, news-wise, it's been very, very quiet over the past week or so, has it not? There's not been much happening. All right, Cinderella's castle got struck with lightning. Yeah. There's no poo. There's no poo. That's gone. Animal Kingdom poo is gone. Um, But generally... The selfie sticks thing, I suppose. That was the biggest. The what, sorry? The selfie selfie sticks, yeah. The selfie sticks are now banned, uh, which, to be honest, isn't a bad thing, if we're honest. Nobody seems to be too worried. Adam, right? Yeah, when, when I went on my holiday, I specifically bought a selfie stick. Well, it wasn't a selfie stick. It was yeah. called, 
called a reach stick. Right. Totally different. Of course, and, yeah. um, The whole point of it was that I'd got a little GoPro-style camera and needed some sort of handle for it. Right. But why? Because if you imagine run... well, not running around, okay. If you imagine videoing events holding yeah. onto a matchbox, yeah. it's, it's not very comfortable. No, this is true. So if you, you buy a, a stick to attach to it, so you've got a handle. Yeah. Um, a couple of rides that I went on to last time, they told me to put the the whole contraption on the floor. So right. Now that's obviously gone further that you're not allowed to bring anything. Well, there was an incident, wasn't there, where someone was on, I think, California Screaming in Disneyland and got a selfie stick out and they had to stop the attraction. Um, well, come on, that's common sense, isn't it, surely? Let's think this through, people. That oh, is surely common sense. I think that that's what it's all about, though. People haven't got the common sense about well, clearly not, no. So uh, so that's caused a bit of an issue. Um, it's not what we're supposed to be talking about. What we're talking no. about is um, is kind of a mixture of news and rumours-ish. Um, it's about expansions and park expansions. And there's two particular parks or areas that are getting uh, a lot of, we believe, work done to them. First one is uh, Disneyland Paris, which is getting a massive amount of work that seems to be being done to it between now and 2017 for the 25th anniversary. Before we get onto that, I want to talk about some rumours that have come out about Hollywood Studios over the past uh, few days, really. We've kind of had a bit of a chuckle between ourselves um, about Hollywood Studios and about kind of the fact that it, well, to be honest, doesn't really exist anymore. It's it's half empty. There's nothing there, you know, uh, and it seems to be a park that's becoming less and less. And I know there was some more information that came out this week, wasn't there, Alan, about... Um, Hollywood Studios and about what else is closing. Yeah, the Art of Animation, isn't it? So the Art of Animation, yeah, is one that's going. Um, and also, they uh, believe One Man's Dream is going to be closing as well. Oh, yes. So we were talking about One Man's Dream only a couple of weeks ago about how much we love it and it's such a great place. But it seems that um, these two locations could also be closing. Uh, we're losing One Man's Dream and we're losing... The art of animation. Uh, to be honest, the animation stuff doesn't worry me too much. I can't remember the last time I walked through it, purely for the fact that there wasn't really anything there last time we went. I think I think it's a good place for the meet and greets. But yeah, it. the meet and greets good. You get the um, chance to have a go at drawing Disney characters and that sort of stuff. That's quite good fun. But as for anything else, really, you know, it, it's not what it used to be, anywhere near what it used to be. Oh. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of don't miss that. But what does the one man's dream? I must admit, um, it does sadden me slightly. Um, well, I'm, I've just opened up my park map here. Yeah. I'm trying to work out what's actually going to be left. There's, not a lot. There's, there's not a lot there at the moment. Now, if you're taking those two things away, you're, well, you're left with... Well, this is the issue, isn't it? You know, the more and more they close, the less and less there's going to be. Um, let's kind of give you a kind of what we've heard rumours-wise about what's going on over at Hollywood Studios. Now, what we believe is in uh, August, the D23 at the Expo there, they're going to be announcing a lot of information about what is happening at Hollywood Studios and the, the changes that are going to be going on. To give you a... It, it's probably going to be quicker to tell you what is going to survive the change, we believe, than what is going. So, next time you go, these are the following attractions that apparently, according to what we understand, are going to survive. Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, Rock and Roller Coaster, Toy Story Mania, and The Great Movie Ride. 
they are currently believed to be the only attractions that will survive. As for shows, things like Beauty and the Beast, stuff like that, I don't know what's going to happen to them. Phantasmic, I would expect, will stay. I don't think they're going to get rid of that. I, I very much doubt they'll get rid of that. It's too much of a draw, is it not? Yeah, it's well, it's still doing two shows a, a night, isn't it? So. Well, it is, yeah. Um, so that means things like Muppet Vision 3D, Indiana Jones, Stunt Spectacular, all those sort of things are going to disappear. Now, as for Muppet Vision 3D, if they announce that this is closing, um, I, I, I've read a couple of people have put on Facebook and, and Twitter that they're going to chain themselves to Muppet Vision. Um, I will quite happily join them if they attempt to get rid of Muppet Vision 3D. This would be like, for me, would be tragic. Yeah. Uh, for two reasons. One, because it's the Muppets. Two, because it's brilliant. And three, it's the last project that Jim Henson worked on before he died. And I think those three things together, I think they'll be... I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's uproar to the extent that there was for Mr. Toad when this, if this is announced as closing. Well, I, I, I suppose it's a different, total different setup because what I was going to say with Mr. Toad's World Ride is there was always a massive queue hanging out the door. Yeah. Whereas for this, there isn't, but then it is a, a theatre show. Yeah, it is a massive theatre show. So, okay, all these things are closing. So what is rumoured to be coming in place? Well, you won't be surprised to hear that what we believe or what we expect to be announced is that it's going to be an expansion of Pixar, Star Wars, and Indiana Jones that's going to be taking over the studios. Now, Indiana Jones, I hear you cry. You're like, why Indiana Jones? The You know, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was the worst movie ever made. Um, well, it apparently, from what we understand... Disney are now about to reboot and remake Indiana Jones. Currently expected, they reckon Chris Pratt is going to take on the role of Indiana Jones uh, after his success with Guardians of the Galaxy and Jurassic World and all that sort of stuff. Um, so it might be that it's about to get a massive injection into the I, franchise. I heard the new film was expected or scheduled in for 2018. Okay, so this could work quite well. So we're expecting an expansion of Star Tours. What exactly that's going to be, we don't know. Um, but we are expecting there to be a change to possibly Jedi Academy that going into an indoor location Star Tours will remain there could be up to four other Star Wars attractions going into the park as well um, Pixar Place will continue to grow and will expand they will use a huge amount of that area there with expecting to be at least three new attractions that are going to be added in there uh, as well as obviously the expansion of Toy Story Mania there is also talk that maybe it's already started its expansion and that maybe um, Disney have already started the work there without telling anybody what's going on so they can kind of announce you know that you look at the last big thing Disney announced uh, which at D23 it was Avatar and yeah. the problem is that you know it was what three four years ago now and it's still not happened so we i would expect they probably started work on that and then they're going to announce it and then there'll be some additional indiana jones stuff again we don't know exactly what but do expect to see a, a newer more updated version of the indiana jones adventure found in disneyland to possibly be coming over yeah um i've heard for the pixar place part yeah um they're going to do a rc um racer they've got over at Disneyland. Oh, it'd be amazing. That'd be cool. Oh, the RC race is pretty good. Well, it's, it's, well, actually, no, it's not that good at all. I'm thinking of... Um, you started off at the top and then you went I'm always thinking the of Radio, Radio De Springs races. That's my problem. Yeah. Um, they're also talking about a, a thing that sounds to be similar to... Um, again, the... What's it called? The ride about Disneyland Paris, which is cars-based. Oh, um, the... The spinny car one. Spinny car ride. The four rally road. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. Off the top of my head. Yeah. Racer rally. Yeah. Something like that. 
there's them talking that being one of the other raids I don't know what the other one was going to be do you know what it wouldn't be surprised me if they built Ratatouille because mm. it's phenomenal it's a very, I think, I think they should do something ride. like that wouldn't surprise me if there's something of that kind of nature that does appear um, as well as the rumours of uh, those of Hollywood Studios there's also talk of a new nighttime show that's going to replace Illuminations and also, apparently, a new attraction that's going to go into replace Journey into Imagination, which has kind of been ruined for quite some time now. Uh, but um, it seems that that's now finally going to happen and be announced. So it sounds like, some, again, some exciting times going on at Walt Disney World. Uh, yes, which means more closures. Yeah. But I would yeah. guess they'll close things gradually and open other things gradually as we go. They couldn't close things more gradually at Hollywood Studios and just shut the front door. Well, yeah, that's a fair point. <laughs> this is possibly going to be the next thing that happens. They just announced we're closing the park forever. Working all the way down Pixar Place. Yeah. So we'll close all them ones down. The backlot tour at the end of it's gone. Yeah. It'll, it'll be like the front parts of the park. That's it. So it's going to be that. Go down Hollywood Boulevard and turn right <laughs> in the sunset, and that's it. Oh, man. That'll be a lot. $100 just to watch Fantasmic. <laughs> Um, okay, so that's what's happening there. Let's give you some more concrete information, the stuff that's going on at Disneyland Paris as well. You know, we've talked as fans for some time about the fact that Disneyland Paris does not quite live up to expectations to a lot of uh, the other parks and maybe doesn't get looked after as much. There's a huge amount of work going on in there at the minute with regards to repaving areas and redecorating areas. The Newport Bay Club, when they finally finish it, is going to look stunning. Uh, I'm looking forward to going over there and, and taking, taking in what they're doing over there. But over the next few years really up until 2017 for the opening of uh, of the 25th anniversary, then they're going to be revamping, rechanging, and adding to 10 different attractions within the two parks. Some good, some not so happy about, but I'll explain what they are. So to start off with, over in Discoveryland in Disneyland Paris, Space Mountain Mission 2 is going to be closing in the first half of this year. and Well, has closed in the first half of this year. It's reopening on the 25th of July. And uh, that's going to be some uh, a new single rider line that's going to be added to it. Uh, and there's going to be some little bits of work here and there that are going to be changed. And, and eventually, when they do finish it, because there's going to be a phase two closure in 2017, we're expecting there's going to be new looking ride vehicles and new elements added to that, which should be really, really interesting. Um, the, the initial kind of... Um, work that's going to be happening to it is really that single rider queue they're doing some work with the led stuff and they're trying to increase guest flow through the attraction as well because one of the problems at the minute is um that you the, the kind of queuing system is very very stagnant you kind of get to a point you stop for ages you get to another point you stop for ages and disney likes to try and keep the lines moving so um that's something they're currently looking at working on um on top of that, Videopolis is probably getting the biggest change that we've seen for a long time. The Videopolis Theatre in Cafe Hyperion. That was been used for many, many years for different shows and when they've had presentations and things like that. That's now going to be the home to the new Jedi Training Academy, which opens on the 11th of July. So we're a matter of a couple of weeks away from that opening and I'll be going to uh, enjoy that experience when I'm out there and we'll report back on how that is, particularly in, in comparison to what it's like in the UK. So Videopolis is getting that massive change there, which will be really, really great. Um, sadly, It's a Small World is closing on the 27th of July this year. I'm really sad. Ooh. I'm really not sad at all. It's such a shame I don't have to go on that thing. 
Um, 27th of July closes. It's remaining closed until late December, and we believe, although not confirmed, we believe they're going to be adding some of the sort of Disney character dolls that we get in California and Hong Kong. So do expect some of the characters to be appearing in there. They're also talking about remastering the musical score. There's going to be a new color palette for the front of the attraction as well, and there's going to be some new surprises included in there as well. We don't know what exactly they are, but it's going to be some new bits and pieces. This thing, if they change the music altogether, it. <laughs> It's not a very small world now because of the internet. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Or, or something that's sort of less um, head doing. Yeah. Something like whatever, that. Whatever they do, it'll be better. Now, the one that I'm looking forward to the most, this is going to be really exciting as far as I'm concerned, and that is in early November this year, Big Thunder Mountain will be closing. It's going to be closing until late 2016. So we're looking at, you know, a good while for Big Thunder Mountain to be closed. It could be nearly a year. But they're going to be uh, animating uh, some great new scenes, including an, a new fire in the hole scene that was introduced into the final lift hill in California. Because um, obviously we've got this scene in Disneyland uh, Paris as well where there used to be smoke and all these effects and it was supposed to look like there were rocks falling and then there was an issue where there was some... Some rocks really fell, and uh, so they're putting this new effect in that you find over in, in California. Uh, it's going to have smoke and all those bits and pieces in there. So do expect that to be there uh, coming very very soon. Right, other things that are changing, and now I don't get why this is happening. Somebody please tell me why they're wasting money on this. La Cabane de Robinson, or the Robinson Treehouse. January to September next year is going to be closing. They're going to be adding some uh, interesting bits and pieces, apparently. They're going to be working on the, the waterfalls and improving some of the different bits and pieces, including the the water wheel and the irrigation system and all those bits and pieces. I, can you please explain to me why they're bothering to do any work on this treehouse? Well, they just don't get rid of it. I just don't get it. Do they just survey the amount of people that go on it? Well, exactly. I just... I just don't get why I waste the money on it. Anyways, it's going to be closed until for the beginning of next year. Another interesting one is getting the uh, change. Again, it's going to be closed from January to July 2016, and that is Peter Pan's Flight. We believe it's going to be getting, uh, may or may not be getting an interactive queue, very much like they've got in uh, Magic Kingdom. It's rumours that it might be. Some people are, have said maybe not, but it's going to be some more minor updates, we believe, including some new colours, some improved lighting. There's going to be some changes, I think, to possibly a couple of the animatronics and bits and pieces there. Um, but uh, there's going to be this development of... Um, some bits and pieces within Peter Pan's flight. Uh, moving ahead, right until when we're talking a long time away, the first half of 2017, it has been announced that Jack Sparrow will be coming part of Pirates of the Caribbean over in, uh, in in Paris. It's been talked for quite a while that this has kind of been happening, but it uh, does sort of coincide with um, the new film Pirates of the Caribbean: Dead Man Tells No Tales is supposed to be opening at a similar time to when this attraction is going to be getting its update. This was an update that apparently, I think it was first rumoured for the 15th anniversary, it was then rumoured again for the 20th anniversary and then was then cancelled, and it's now apparently going to happen for the 25th anniversary, so we're going to get new effects like, apparently we're going to get a new hurricane effect, which would be cool, and um, we're going to get a treasure room scene in there as well, very much like we've got in, uh, in Disney World, and uh, lots of other bits and pieces that are going to be added to that particular attraction. Are you not surprised that they're actually doing another film? I'm not surprised they're doing another film in the slightest, no. That, um, when I saw, was it three and four? Yeah. Poo. Yeah, well, I think the problem was, though, with those films is that um, 
they were a continuation of another storyline that wasn't particularly strong anyway. Yeah. And they made two and three together at the same time. And I think it lost a little bit of its sort of um, charm from the originals. And they tried to get a little bit too serious with it. Whereas I think yeah. this new one's going to be a little less serious. I think it'll go back to the original kind of Jack stuff that we know. Uh, first off of 2016, there's something happening with Anne Magique. There was rumours at one point that it was going completely. And they were going to put something new in its place. It's now believed that uh, they're going to reimagine the show. And uh, we believe that this new version is going to have at least one Pixar scene within it as well. Um, what that's going to be, who that's going to be, and, and what characters, etc., we we still don't really know. But uh, that's going to get a bit of a makeover, which will be really good. So Only Magic's on its way. And then um, a couple more for you. I'm going to do Star Tours next. Apparently closing late February 2016, reopening early 2017. For yes, you guessed it. Um, they're going to be giving it the brand new Star Tours uh, makeover. This is going to have a new um, kind of 3D movie, just as much as it does in uh, in Walt Disney World. It's going to be just uh, in time with the release of, obviously, The Force Awakens, which opens December 2015. So they're going to close this. They're going to be able to do a lot of work on it, and it looks like it's going to kind of fit in with all of that, those bits and pieces. Whether or not it's going to build on The Force, um, Force Awakens or not, we don't know. And then finally, that this is the one I, again, I think I understand this one less than I understand uh, the the Robinson Treehouse. And that is that the Stram Tour, Stram, Stram Tour? That's not even a word. Studio Tram Tour Behind the Magic is going to be closing August 2016 and expected to open sometime spring 2017. They are going to be giving it a major update. Uh, Dinotopia, which nobody's ever heard of, uh, is going, definitely going. We believe it's going to be given a Star Wars overlay. Mm -hmm. uh, so what exactly they're going to do with that, we don't know. And also, we're expecting Catastrophe Canyon's all-tanker scene could become something Cars-related. Um, so that could be something that's uh, additionally a little yeah. bit different, a little bit interesting as well. On top of that, there's also talk about whether Jeremy Irons is going to stay. He was name-checked, apparently, in the uh, in some information, some press releases and bits and pieces that went out. But uh, as well as that, you obviously you, the other film that's in there is Reign of Fire. Again, another film that nobody really knows too well. And apparently that scene is going to be used and is going to be turned into something that uses the Marvel property. So it seems that the Backlot Tour is going to be a mixture of Star Wars, Cars, and Marvel. So, mm. I th when you say you, you, you least understand the update on this one, to, to me, all the films that were put in the Backlot Tour were so out of date and so well, unheard of. It's less about the about an update; it's more about the fact that they're keeping it. Oh, you right. know, the fact that Walt Disney World have got rid of theirs because it was a working studio and it no longer is, so they've kept it. Whereas in Disneyland Paris, we've got something that is supposed to look like it was a working studio and never was. Yeah. And yet they're persevering with it. Um, whereas I would like have liked to have seen something a little bit different other than that, which would have been great. Um, they're all the things that are coming to Disneyland Paris, as well as that, apparently, the guys is over by the rivers of uh, the far west in Frontierland's getting a refurb, and Hotel Cheyenne apparently is next up ready for a big uh, makeover. But there's nothing uh, rumoured about things like Phantom Manor, no changes there. Looks like Armageddon's going to survive somehow. Um, and they're all the bits and pieces that are going over there. So that's all of that anyway. So I'd like to know what the rumours are about um, allowing the attractions to open up for seven days a week. Yes. <laughs> Is there anything that's going to open up? Um, I do know now that uh, Captain EO has closed. Um, you can now go and watch a preview of Ant-Man. 
That's the All right. That's going on over there. Right. Um, I think we need to talk cruise line. Yeah. We'll be back after this quick break. Want to keep up to date with all the latest Disney news and rumors? Then make sure to check out www.disneybrit.com, your number one source for the magical world of Disney. Right then, Alan, it yeah. is time. Disney Cruise Line. So, before we start talking specifics about the cruise and all that sort of stuff, do you want to explain to everybody which itinerary you did and uh, which ship you were on? We did a three-night cruise on the Caribbean. Yep. Um, leaving from Port Canaveral. Yep. Um, it was on the Disney Dream. And um, looking back, maybe I should have done four days, but it was, the whole point of it was to do a taster. Yeah. We didn't know if I liked going on a cruise ship. I didn't know what to experience and know... Is it going to feel too small? All these sort of things. So it was, yeah. we'll just start it off with a small one. Okay. So um, we have to kind of, you know, obviously make people aware you've never been on a cruise ship before. Never been so on a cruise ship before. Disney, which is your first ever experience of any sort of cruise line whatsoever. So you've not actually got anything to compare this to. The only um, thing I can compare it to is the ferry across to France. Yeah, okay. So not really anything at all. <laughs> um, I've got a comparison which is uh, you can't really compare them uh, P&O is my comparison to uh, um, and I mean not the ferries I mean the actual cruise lines um, <laughs> and the then Disney as, as well so you did you take Disney transportation to the port we basically did Disney all the way on this okay um, Disney transportation picked us up from the hotel and um, took us to the Port Canaveral okay um, but I don't know if I mentioned this in the other um, last episode, but I started to notice that Disney tried to stop you looking outside. Yes. Of um, Walt Disney World. They sort of try and keep you within the Disney bubble. So as soon as you're on the Disney Cruise bus yeah. and you get to the edge of Disney World, they're sort of several miles, the video's kicking and you're watching the TV screen until you get there. Yeah, and they do that for coming from the airport as well and all those bits and pieces. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, I've got. I've got to say that the, the transportation service was fantastic, and when we sort of got there, everything was in place for us. We didn't have to really queue. We just sort of walked straight into. Okay, so this is kind of my next question, really. Um, first impressions. Get to the cruise terminal. What What's your kind of first impressions from that point? Um, I was I was impressed with the, the cruise terminal. Obviously, you go through the special Disney security gates. You see all the hidden Mickey's and stuff like that. And you are well organised into a a line or a queue to get from the buses to into the terminal. Um, however, you, the, one of the first things you do when you get into the terminal is you pass through security. Yeah. Um, security is very very tight. And one of the big signs now, well, we'll go back into one of the things that Disney have said about what you're allowed to take onto a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to take a responsible amount of alcohol. Or yes. Something like that. Well, yeah. basically, there's a big sign when you get to security where these um, guards are pushing you through a metal detector and X-ray in your bags, and they say no weapons or alcohol on the sign. Okay. To which, obviously, if you if you don't know that you're allowed to, but you think, well, it's strange, really, because it's a Disney terminal and. Yeah, and this is a terminal specifically built and used by Disney. Nobody else uses this terminal. 
So um, my in-laws had the alcohol, we put it in their bag and yeah. um, we passed through, no problem. And um, they were sweating as they were going through the gates. <laughs> they were fine though, they were absolutely fine. Yeah, they usually are. And then you go, go upstairs into the um, the check-in area. Yeah. Where you get given your cards, which is well organised, etc. Um, you've got to declare that you're not poorly, otherwise you're not getting on the boat. Yes. And um, we were then told that you've got to rush onto the boat to get tickets for your meet and greets. Right. Because they've stopped issuing tickets at 2 o'clock. Okay. For, your, for which meet and greets is this? Pardon, sorry? For meet and greets. Meet and greets. The, um, apparently they do a, a ticket, a bit like a fast pass, I think. Right. We, we didn't manage to get this ticket. This is new. I've not heard of this. Um, and I, I don't know if it's for um, just certain princess meetups or, right. or what. But it was basically, you were issued a ticket and you were, if you had the ticket, you, you've got a chance of meeting the characters. If you didn't have the ticket, you had to stand in a standby queue, which you may not get a chance. Okay, this is, this is something new that's, that's changed since I was last on there a year ago. So... Uh, so they now got kind of a fast pass system almost. Yeah. Okay. Um, we did manage to get the ticket because we didn't get on in time, which in, in effect takes me back to before I got on the cruise ship. Yeah. By doing the Disney transportation, that I couldn't leave the hotel till about lunchtime. Right. Okay. And um, so I didn't get into the to the boat terminal. Because I think that's one of the things we do. We wherever we've been, we've taken the car, we've parked in a car park that is literally the other side of the road to the terminal, yeah. and we get there as early as we can and check in and, and be one of the first ones on board. Yeah, I, th I think I, w I would have liked to have got there earlier to to see what everything was going on. Yeah, but I think you know th there's there's something relaxing about the fact that someone else is doing the driving for you. And you this is true. Well, I, someone else did the driving for me as well. Did. <laughs> It was my dad. Excellent. Uh, so, actually, no, I lie. I, I, no, I drove back. He did drive back. That's true. Right, okay. And um, were you on the Disney Dream as well? We were, yes. Did you do the three, this three-nighter? We did the three-nighter, yeah. Okay, so you've done exactly the same one. I've done exactly the same cruise as you have, yeah. Excellent. Um, the f One of my gripes, I'm going to say, which is one of the first things you do spot when you go onto the cruise ship, yeah. is that... You, when you try to head to, up and down through the boat, yeah. Although they've got twelve elevators, stroke lifts, yeah. It's as though everybody on the boats wants to go on these elevators on the first day, yeah. And we had a a buggy um, to get our kids around and all the stuff that you carry with kids, and we soon realised that we had to ditch that because there was next to no chance of getting in the lifts, right. Yes, uh, particularly on the first day, it's quite difficult. Yeah, um, um, with a lot of people getting on off. With them, um, Disney transportation also. I don't know if this happens or how it goes about with the self-drive. Is that they pick up your suitcase at eight thirty in the morning from your hotel? No, don't do that. And as soon as you get access to your room, it is waiting for you outside the door. Right. Well, we ours is uh, you take them and they, they take them from you at the beginning, and then you they eventually arrive at your room. Uh, not at eight thirty. No, we keep our cases and took them with us. Right. Okay. okay so, so you got through the terminal. You're ready to go. You arrive to get on the ship. You get your family welcome as you arrive. Yep. Um, what was the first thing you did when you you then were on the ship? Um, we started to basically get confused and baffled. Um, we had all these bits of paper, itineraries, yep. and stuff like that. Yep. And we're going right. Okay, what we're going to do? 
and then we try to work out where because I, I I didn't I knew what room number I was but I didn't know what floor I was on or anything like that. Um, and Craig Duncan had said in, in the past, make sure you go straight and have some food. Yes. So we went straight up to Cabanas, which is on the top floor. Yeah. Um, or one of the top floors, and had um, a fantastic self-service buffet. Um, I had soup, crabs, legs, prawns, beef. I think it was like a roast Just, beef. It was basically everything you could ever eat in a buffet. Yeah. Really. Bit of pizza, the whole lot. Yeah. Um, which is great because the, also when you're traveling with kids, you, my kids start to get a bit, bit like picky with their dinners. Yeah. And um, they weren't eating as big a meal as they would eat at home normally because they were probably snacking all day long as well. So it was ideal for them to go and choose what they wanted to eat rather than here's your meal that you've ordered you've yeah. just stuck with it so that's interesting that you went straight and got food now obviously going by ourselves again uh, it meant we could get there earlier so we were on the ship earlier it was a little bit too early for dinner for lunch yeah. so what we did well what we were supposed to do was to go up to the pool and throw our swimmers on and me and harry were going to go and get on the aqueduct nice and early give it a go get off and then it, we discovered that a certain person who'd, who'd packed the bag when we'd left the hotel had packed my swimming costume or swimming shorts in the suitcase. So I couldn't go swimming. Uh, Harry could, he was absolutely fine, but I couldn't go swimming. So I had to hold off on that. But that's what we'd usually do. Go quick swim, then get some lunch and then get ready to go to our rooms. Um, so you went to Cabana's. Uh, what type of room did you have when you finally got in? Um, we, we basically opted for the, the smallest, cheapest room on the boat. So you went for an inside cabin? Inside cabin yep. with the magic portal. Which are amazing. Um, absolutely fantastic. I, it took us a little while to actually work out where I was on in terms of direction of the boat. Yeah. Um, but from what I understand is, if if the magic portal is facing the front of the boat, you're viewing the view through the front of the boat. Yes, that's right. Um, or likewise, if you're facing the back, you're looking through the back of the boat, so you see all the the wake of the the ship. Um, another thing I've just remembered, which happened in Cabanas, mm -hmm. is you get a lot of people, or a lot of the um, waiters, trying to sell you drinks packages. Yes. First thing they do, they try to hassle you with drinks packages, and I, I'm I'm always skeptical. And he's like, "Oh, do you want um, ten bottles of lager? We'll put it in your room. It's, I think it was sixty-five dollars or something like that. I don't know what it was." And he was like, "Nah, nah, it's all right." Well, at that point, my father-in-law sits down next to me, and uh, the guy said, "Do you like ten bottles of lager for sixty-five dollars?" Yeah, yeah, I'll have that. <laughs> and. Um, he said, right, okay, well, you can have one now. So you open a bottle for lager from there you are. We'll put the remaining nine in your room. And it comes in a cool bag. Yeah. And when it turned up in the room, it was a full pack of ten. Winner. So we've got an extra extra bottle of lager. That's good. And realistically, though, the alcohol wasn't that badly priced compared to what it is in Disney World. No, it's, it, you know, it's reasonable when you're on the ship. It's not too bad a price. Now, to, let's, let's go back to your room a little bit. Now, you're yep. on an inside cabin, smallest one inside cabin. How did you find the room for four of you? For four of us, it, it, well, my mother-in-law has been on a different cruise ship before. Right. She's been on a, I think it was a Thompson cruise. Yep. And they said that the room was double the size of what they had. You see, this is what I've heard a lot from a lot of people. That Although the Disney rooms are small, they're not as small as some of the other ones are. And certainly having stayed on an inside cabin on a P&O once, that is the case. Yeah. Um, but I, I honestly say, I, I will go on a 
uh, Disney cruise and I will quite happily stay in an inside cabin. There's a lot of people, my parents included, who will not go on a cruise unless they've got a balcony. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I find by, by having an inside cabin, when you switch that light off at night, it is dark. And I mean properly dark. Yeah. And I, I sleep so well on cruise ships compared to everyone else because there's no natural, no light getting in whatsoever. Yeah, you, you get a fantastic night's sleep in these. Yeah, you do. The, the beds are super soft. They're like, they feel like brand new beds. Yes. They don't feel, I don't know how long the cruise ships you can go on for, but it's absolutely spot on in terms of the quality in the, in the room. Um, we're sort of saying about how small the room is. Yeah. On the first day when I was trying to do a bit of unpacking, which we decided not to really do much of. Yeah. But we had, we had three suitcases in our room. So we were putting kids on beds to try and get into suitcases, yeah. which was stuffed under the beds and <laughs> standing in the shower to allow someone to move around. It was it was tight, it was compact, but at the end of the day, I, I hadn't paid for walking space. Um, but apparently they say on the, the cruise ship it's because um, the, the rooms are, I don't know, was it 30% bigger than any other cruise ship? Something like that, yeah. Something like that. Uh, because it's all about the family experience and you're going to be bringing more things when you're bringing a family. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so, well, we could talk about all of the elements to do with the yep. cruise line. We could talk about all the bits and bits and pieces, but I kind of want you to kind of tell us about the standout things, the things that you remember as, as being something that was kind of a memory for you. Um. Right, okay, well, the food was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. You, you, obviously, you go between all three of the restaurants that's on the boat. Um, I say all three, those are the ones which we weren't going to because they were extra cost and so um, Remy's and Paralos yeah yep. wanted to do the, the basic ones just to do them rather than miss out um, the room not the room service the table service was quite attentive now I've heard people say that uh, they get to know your name and they get to know what you like and they're sort of very attentive yeah but on every sort of day we always had to ask for a little booster seat for Abigail. Mm -hmm. Now, it's, it's, it's no big deal, but every day we had to ask two or three times for that booster seat. Right, okay. But, in all fairness, these staff are worked off their... Oh, they work ridiculously long hours, yeah. It is, it is crazy that when you see how how much stuff they're having to do, um, I, I always feel a bit like I don't like hassling people, so even, even though I'm spending a lot of money on it, I yeah. don't want to hassle people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't order room service, for example. Um, the food was amazing. I can't argue with that. Um, I had several four-course meals. Only four? Yeah. I'm impressed it was only four. This is and one of my... I, I, obviously, having done it before, this is one of my problems with cruises. Yeah. Is that... Um, you know on a Disney cruise if you fancy that and that they'll bring it out yeah and there was one night where I had two starters two mains and two desserts because there were those things I really fancied having on there yeah on the cruise ship did you find you were more adventurous with your food choices than you are normally Um, I did try a few things that I wouldn't normally have yeah Um, I can't remember what exactly where they were now but I had um, I think it was a Caesar salad one day and you know I'm not not a big salad person, but because it was it was a course, it wasn't my full meal. Mm. I might as well just have that on there. Mm. I'll have a soup as well. Why not? And it was, yeah, exactly. 
and you just go, oh, I'll just give this a go and I'll just try this and yeah, I fancy we, this um, and this we actually bought a drinks package on the on the boat. Yeah, um, for the wine. Yeah, which was a bottle of wine a night, and I think it worked out at about I'm going to guess at seventy five dollars. Okay, so it was like twenty five dollars a bottle of wine, which wasn't too bad when we'd been paying about forty to fifty dollars in Disney World. Yes, um, and I, I did comment on that, and they said that, well, we're You've already paid a lot of money to be here, so we don't want to rip you off. That's a fair point. Although $25 for a bottle of wine, <laughs> I'd still say it's a fair rip-off. But yeah, okay. That's fair it's, it's like restaurant comparable, isn't it? Yeah, well, that, I never spend that much on wine in a restaurant, just, just so you know. You're clearly far posher than I am. Your opinion on the three restaurants, though. So you had Animator's Palette. You've got... Um, do you know what? Off the top of my head, I forget what the other two are. You've got the, uh, the Gardens. Is um, it Royal Garden? Um, Royal Palace. Royal Palace, that's the one. And the Enchanted Garden. That's right. I was combining the two. Yeah. So, out of the three of those, which which was your particular favourite? Um, I've got I've got to say that I, w- I was a little bit disappointed by Animator's Palette. Okay. Now, wow. This is probably because I over researched it. Right. And the original Animator's Palace on the Wonder and the Magic. Has got it's more of a show experience, okay? You've got like color changing costumes for the waiters and the room changes color, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah? Well, on the dream, you've got essentially um, what's it called? Turtle time with crush. Yeah. And if you're not sitting next to the windows or or the um, the screens, you d- you don't really get to experience it that well you don't get the full interaction do you no and if you go ahead onto the next one the fantasy there's a, some sort of interactive animation thing where you draw on your table and the scan it and turn it into cartoons for you yeah so i, I felt a little bit short changed in a, in a bit there and um, the enchanted garden it's a lo- lovely restaurant we ended up being there a couple of times we did manage to get a window seat on that day yeah and it was beautiful just seeing the sea sort of yeah sort of flapping up by the side of the boat yeah um you're you're a lot lower down in the boat than you you probably think you are and yes that is very true uh, and and there's even like decks below that as well which is um yeah and it was um it was, it was i think i think i assume that this is the way that they do it i assume that they move you around the restaurants in different situations so for example if you're in a prime position for turtle time with crush that's you may not have a good window seat at the Enchanted Garden. That's a very good question. Uh, you may think. not be in the, the prime location in the Royal Palace, you know. Um, I'm trying to think whether that... You might be right, because I, we were in a central table for Animator's Palette. We had a window table for Enchanted Gardens. Yeah. And I don't remember where we were for the Royal Palace. Um, but the, even the Royal Palace, it's it's a, it's a lovely restaurant. I it can't, is. You can't fault it in, in decor. It is, like... It's like good Disney quality, you know. Well, the food is phenomenal, you know. I, I don't think I've ever really had a, a, a truly atrocious meal on a Disney cruise ship. I've had meals where I've gone, that was okay, but never anything where I think that was really, really poor and, you know, really badly done. Did you, breakfast time, did you go for any of the sit-down breakfasts or did you um, kind of always have your cabana sort of stuff? Um, I think we had... I think it was... On, it was only on the last day that we had, like... Well, I'll just call it a sit down. Um, 
the we, I think we went to Enchantment Garden one day for breakfast. And it was buffet, um, just the standard buffet stuff, really. I would say. Um, but then on the last day, it got brought to your table, and I assume that was just so they could push it out the place. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Um, but again, breakfast is. I think breakfast is pretty much standard throughout the whole. Well, it was throughout the whole boat and throughout Disney, really. Um, Mickey waffles and bacon and eggs. Yeah, it was. It was. It was good, but nothing. Nothing outstanding. No, it's very early start, isn't it? Were you on early or late uh, dining? We were on early dining for the evening. Yeah. Um, which meant that we were on early dining for the breakfast. It was about six thirty in the morning, if I remember rightly. Yeah, something 6:30. like that. Six thirty. Can you believe that? Breakfast. After you spend your last night on the cruise ship. Well, yeah. at least you knew you were going back to Disney World, so it wasn't like getting off at six thirty, going home. You know, you had yeah. a little bit of your holiday left to go, which was good. Okay, so we've talked about food. Uh, we talked about your your room, um, entertainment. Entertainment. The main theater at, on the cruise ship has had three shows on when we were there. I yeah. don't know if it does more shows on the it, on the longer ones. It, it does do a few more bits and pieces. Yeah. Okay. Um, there was Disney's Believe, mm-hmm. which was on the last night. Mm-hmm. There was Villains Tonight, and also Golden Mickey's. Yeah. Now, reading the unofficial guide to Disney's um, cruise book. Yeah. It mentioned that the Golden Mickey's isn't so good. And it was saying that Disney's Believe is amazing. Yeah. And the Villains is meh, it's all right. Oh, I love Villains. Well, I found that I preferred Golden Mickey's yeah. and Villains Tonight to Disney's Believe. See, I was exactly the same. I'm glad you've said that. It's not just me. It was, um, they're, they're all good. Again, don't get me wrong. However, there was just something quite nice about the way that the the villains were a bit more and this is the term that I've only used this year snarky yeah sort of I, have comments about Disney World that's what I love about villains tonight it's so tongue-in-cheek a lot of the time um and you know they get that there's a lot of pop sort of popular culture references all the way through it I'm sure there was a Bieber joke when I saw it yeah or something like that you know those sort of little bits and pieces I, th- I think it's, it's brilliant when they can sort of make it adult friendly to give adults a bit more of a reference yeah. that the kids are just going to not even see yeah, without taking it over the limits. Um, we saw a couple of um, bands playing on the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, these were hit and miss. I think these were traditional or typical cruise line fare. Yeah. Um, there was one, I'm going to name them the Sunshine Trio. Uh-huh. And we went into the bar when they were playing and there was us and another table. That was all that was there. And we were sitting there only because we were getting ready for the the adult family game show night. Yeah. Which, um, the, the music wasn't fantastic, but it was all right. Then I'm trying to think what else there was in terms of entertainment. We had um, your, your nighttime district sort of adults and things like that. Did you manage to make it down to like the pink and skyline bar and all that sort of stuff? On the first night, we went round the mall. We didn't get to drink in the mall. Okay. And um, we went to I um, can't remember what it's called now. It's the one that's in the shape of a butterfly. Oh, yeah, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head now. Oh, doing my head in. While you're looking for that, um, evolution. We, Evolution, that's it. Well done. Yes, it is evolution. Um, we also eventually found the the is it pub six eight seven? Yes. And 
there is also a secret buffet there at about 10 or 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, they do have them later in the evening down there, don't they? Uh, but we never actually found that. Okay. We went to the Skyline Bar. All right, yeah. had a drink in the Skyline Bar, which is a lovely place. And we were there at the right sort of time that it was really quiet and really relaxing and chilled out. Yeah. A lovely drink in the Skyline Bar. That was on the... Um, I think it was the night of Nassau we did that one. Um, I think that the bars themselves don't actually get as busy as what I expect them to. No, and, and I think that's purely, it goes back to that idea of it being a more of a family-orientated cruise. Yeah. And maybe the parents don't get as much chance to go out as maybe they would like to. Yeah, and I, I know that we were lucky we took our in-laws with us. Yeah. Um, and if we hadn't, we wouldn't have been going out there at night time. No. no, definitely not. Um, I don't think I'd have gone out for a drink on my own. The other last thing to talk about entertainment-wise is the uh, Pirates in the Caribbean yeah. sort of party. We, well, the Pirates in the Caribbean party sort of, in reality, starts about five o'clock when you're getting ready for your tea. Because you're getting your pirate costume on, you're getting ready for your pirates evening meal. Well, actually it wasn't pirates evening meal, but on the longer cruises it is. Um, and we, we took pirates costumes with us. We got into the spirit of it. My father-in-law bought a pirate costume along with a wig. And he realised <laughs> it was too hot to wear the wig. Okay. So I wore it for about half an hour and I yeah. realised it was too hot to wear. Fair enough. And my kids also wanted some inflatable parrots. So we saw them in the shop and bought them. Didn't realise that these parrots were six foot tall. Oh no. <laughs> so we walked around the boat with these six foot tall parrots. Uh, which was good fun. <laughs> Certainly got a lot of people talking about it, um, but the, the, actually the, on on the deck, when uh, Captain Jack Sparrow comes on and does the whole Pirates in the Caribbean thing, mm. um, it was a, a fantastic magical touch. The fact that we got to see some entertainment, there's choreography, bit of stunt action, and then fireworks in the sea. Yeah, it was brilliant. Which is fantastic that, that still happens. Um, what I like about the one of Disney Dream as well is it's a development of the ones that were on the Magic and the Wonder. So it's, I think it's an improvement on those particular ones. Um, one thing that I'm going to point out, which was a bit of a weird thing, which um, I can't remember where we found out this information from, but if you're actually watching the fireworks and then you start to look out into the distance, you see all the other cruise ships that are in the area. Because apparently the captain of the Disney cruise ship will tell you the boats where he's going to be, where the fireworks are going to get shut off, and they move their cruise ships closer to witness the fireworks. Yes, I've heard of this as well. And apparently it's in their schedule. So when they get their navigator, or whatever it's called on their boats, it'll say fireworks over the Disney Dream. <laughs> I didn't know that bit. But I knew that they certainly moored themselves up a bit closer so they could see what was going on. I'd heard that before. You'd have thought that the other cruise ships would have tried to get as far away as possible. Yeah, but no, uh, they want to stay and they want to see it. Yeah, uh, we'll brush over Nassau because um, that's not Disney specific. Because you can do Nassau with a lot of other um, cruise ships. But let's talk Castaway Key. Uh, Castaway Key. Go on. For those people who've never done it, Disney's private island in the middle of the uh, Caribbean, Bahamas, um, which uh, can only be accessed if you are on a Disney cruise ship. So. First off, first impressions. You you first stepped out, 
or saw the island for the first time, what was your, your first thought? Well, the, my first viewpoint of the island was um, I was doing the 5k. Yeah. So I got up ridiculously early in the morning and um, met up in evolution with all the people and walked out onto their island. Um, I was totally paranoid. Whenever you leave the boat, you need to have your room, room key or your mm -hmm. room ID yeah. and a photo ID, which to me was my passport and this room ticket. And I was getting paranoid that I'm just going to fall out of my pocket when I'm running. Um, you walk from the boat along the jetty, along this like little causeway, into um, into sort of the main area where you've got all the um, beach huts and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was a perfect day. Blue sky, there was not much breeze, there was no clouds in the sky, and the, the sea was lovely crystal blue. It was, it was ideal. It was what you want from a Caribbean beach. Um, Whereas when we went to Nassau the day before, it lashed down with rain, it was horrible. Um, so anyway, we, we walked all the way up into what you'd call the, in a way you'd call it the town centre for the start of the 5k. Um, and that's where there's there's more shops and ice creams. When I say shops, I don't mean like downtown Disney, I mean there's, there's maybe five shops. And um, I was quite excited about the, um, the 5k because yeah. So you're doing the running thing. It was um, one of the things to tick off my list. Yeah. And I was filming it. And the run mainly focuses about running down an old airstrip that is on the island. That's right, yeah. And by doing that, it is quite a long, boring route. Because it's fairly straight. It's fairly straight. And because the island, or the developed part of the island, isn't that far, and they want to get you back to the beginning to get back to the boat if you need to. Yeah. You do two and a half kilometers one direction, then you turn around, you come back and come do right two and a half kilometers. Right. So the run itself wasn't interesting. There wasn't a lot to see. Um, but also by the time you've done, I don't know, two and a half, three kilometers, you're starting to build up quite a, a good sweat on. <laughs> In that weather, I'm not surprised. Yeah. And as there wasn't much breeze, I was absolutely cooking. Yeah. I think I only managed to do three and a half and then I walked for a bit. Fine. Fair enough. I ran back across the finish line. I didn't get... There's a, um, at the far end of the island, there is an adults-only bay. Yeah. I didn't get to see that. Okay. Um, we parked ourselves up um, not far from Pelican Plunge. Mm -hmm. but it was basically right in front of the snorkeling lagoon. Did you go snorkeling? I went snorkeling. Isn't it amazing? Well, I, I freaked out. Okay. Okay. I realised that there's there's boys in the water where there's stuff to see. Yeah. So, got my goggles on, start swimming, start swimming. My goggles start steaming up, so I sort of stand up a bit as best I can on my flipper ends, trying to clean my goggles. And then the next thing you do is you when you put your snorkel back in your mouth, isn't that the worst taste in the yeah, world? Salt water, yeah. Did you spit so, in your goggles? You need to spit in your goggles. I didn't spit into my goggles. That's, probably, that's, that's, what you, that's where your mistake was. <laughs> grab one up into me goggles. Yeah, that's exactly how it works. That stops him from steaming up. So anyway, I, I kept swimming across to this boy, and I think the first boy, it must have, it felt like it was about 15 to 20 minutes swim out. Yeah. I was swimming and swimming and swimming. I'm actually doing the hand movements here at the moment as well. <laughs> and as I started to see this big dark shadow in the distance through my misty goggles, I thought, oh, it's getting closer. Turn my little camera on to video under the water. And I got closer and closer and closer. And just as the, the water starts to cool down a little bit, for some yeah. reason, yeah. 
that freaked me out and I turned around and swam all the way back. I did see some fish though. You did see some fish. Well, I took Harry out in that. We, we spent about two hours out in the water. Right. Uh, obviously he was, he can swim, but he just held on to me and I was basically his human boy for the whole time we went around. But there's some great stuff under there. There's an old Nautilus submarine and a sunken boat and all sorts of bits and pieces down there, which are really cool. A fish do occasionally freak me out when they sort of get very close to you don't realise they're there. Yeah. Um, so I know what you mean about the freaking out element of it. Um, did you do the the water slides that went into that landed into the sea? We didn't go onto the water slides. No, um, Imogen had only just started to get into the idea of water slides. Right. But she didn't like the idea of salt water. Okay, fair enough. Um, she, she had a bit of a, a fish incident right in the, the shore edge. <laughs> sounds sounds worrying. Apparently, what you can do there, you bring your deck chairs right to the water edge. Yes. Actually, in the water, that's what people were doing, and. Um, I said, oh, there's a fish just gone under your seat, Catherine. And she realised there. She stood up. And she didn't realise that this fish was about so 15 inches long by about 6 inches tall. It was like a massive fish. She was expecting like little goldfish. But um, that freaked Imogen out and she screamed her head off. But we did do something on the other end of the, boat, the island, which was the um, Stingray Reef. Ah, okay. Um, the first thing you do when you go to the Stingray Reef, because obviously what you see on the, the adverts and the stuff you see on the internet is that you feed the stingrays. Yeah. Uh, there's loads of videos of people feeding the stingrays. But what they don't tell you is that you get snorkel and goggles. Yeah. And the idea is that you can go swimming with the stingrays as well. And that was our first experience of using the snorkels and goggles on, on the island. Right. And that was the first time we got a big mouthful of seawater. <laughs> Um, but feeding the stingrays is such a weird experience. I can it imagine. I, I've not managed to do it yet because the fact that I've got those big fish that could possibly float around and touch my feet does freak me out a little bit. Well, they, they do touch your feet. That's why I, so I've not done it yet. And um, the the guy says, is, is giving you a talk, a safety talk before it all starts. He says, right, okay, what, um, you've got to be careful for these barbs on the, on the stingrays' yes. tail because... Uh, Obviously, they can sting you. And um, the scientists have spent thousands and thousands of dollars working out a solution to this. And basically, it's um, a shuffle. You've got to shuffle your feet across the sand rather than step on them. Right, okay. But then he did then go on to say that they've actually filed off all their barbs off the tails. Oh, right, so they can't hurt you anyway. So there's no sting stings on the stingrays. Um, but they've got no teeth. No. What they've got is two hard like cartilage plates yeah that press against each other yeah so when you feed these fish with holding on to a, a prawn or a, a bit of jello stuff and you put your hand flat and you let this stuff sort of point upwards the fish the stingray goes over your hand and sucks up the fish or the food and what generally was happening to me i don't know if my fingers were bending up too much i was getting a bite on the end of the finger and these things have got some pressure. I was getting like a proper nip off them. And Imogen was watching us and she wouldn't do it. Um, funny, there was actually an age restriction on this one as well. You couldn't do it if you were, I think, below the age of seven or. Well, that doesn't normally stop you. Doesn't normally stop me. It stops there. <laughs> but uh, no, it was, it was, it was, that was, that was a, a nice starter into the water to see the fish. And see uh, these stingrays, which do come up and see you, and they are quite squidgy and jelly-like. Yeah, 
texture. Okay, so there you stingrays. Um, so you you did the island. You stayed for some lunch, I guess. Yeah. And then you had to go back on the ship, and then it was um, next day getting off. Next day, six six thirty in the morning, eat my breakfast and get off. So overall, then Disney Cruise Line, would you go back? I when I, when I got off the boat, I've got to say this. I was like, man, it was good, but I didn't enjoy it that much. But I've, last week or the week before, I did go to see what prices were available on the Mediterranean cruise. Say hooked. And I think part of the problem as well is you did a three-day cruise. And, and, and to be honest, three days just isn't really enough, particularly on a ship of that size. You know, you get on the first day, you, you, get or, you kind of get orientated with the ship on that very first day. The yeah. second day, you're kind of just about there and you understand it. And by the time you really understand what you're doing on the cruise ship, it's your last day and you're getting off the next day sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, you've done the right thing by doing a shorter cruise. But I can tell you now, having done a 12-night um, European Mediterranean one with Disney. You know, by the time you're on, you've been on there twelve nights. By you know, time you've been on there three or four days, you're you're well away and you, you just love it. Yeah, I, I think if we, if we had more, t- I would have loved more time on the boat. Don't get this wrong. Um, because one thing I'm going to say is that the you get given your schedule of all the different things to do, and because we we'd been doing so much stuff, we were absolutely shattered. And I remember this one afternoon, we were in the room about three o'clock, getting ready for getting ready for tea, having a shower, and um, actually we had a bath in our room, um, which was weird. I didn't expect a bath. And I was reading all these things and all these activities that we could go and do. I said, oh, Catherine, if we get up now and get ready, we've got 20 minutes and the, the trivia quiz is on. Right. I'll, I'll go, nah, we'll just pass that one. So you didn't do the trivia quiz? Didn't do a trivia quiz. Oh, that's well, a staple for me. I Usually on my own, but it's a staple for me to do the, the trivia quiz. We did a, um, we did the music quiz. Right. Um, out of 25 questions or 25 clips, hmm. I got 23. That's pretty good going. That's not bad for you. The person who won got 24. I was gutted. I'm not saying they were cheating, but you did mark your own papers. Right, okay, that I've not had that before. Okay, so the guy let you mark your papers. Oh, another thing which... This is a simple, daft thing. The cruise director. Okay, yeah. The cruise director is a bit like the radio DJ. He's got that radio DJ voice that everyone loves. Yeah. And on the day that you get on the boat, you've got a speaker in your... um, Not cabin. Well, it is cabin, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say bedroom. It's it's cabin. State room. State room. That's the one. And just like, if you imagine what Heidi High used to be like, <laughs> it's the little chimes come over, bing, oh, yes. bing, bing, bing. Yeah, every time. And then the guy would go, hello, this is Christian, the cruise director. He didn't hold his nose. And um, he would sort of introduce what was going on. And he, then he said, this is the last time you'll be hearing me over your room speaker. Um, but if you want to hear what I'm, what's up, what's happening, tune in on this channel. And... It, it was like the little magical touches of things like that happening. You're getting aware of what's going on um, and what's happening over the day. And I don't, you, you also got to meet all these people. All these people were quite accessible and very friendly to talk to. Um, I did find there was a lot of people from the UK that was working on the boat. Yeah. Um, a lot of people from Scotland. And I, I did get to chat to a few cast members and see what it was like. 
um, I talked to the guy that um, was our, our room cabin boy. I don't know. I don't know what the term is. You, you'll know it. Uh, state um, stateroom host. That, that could do. Um, Imogen calls him our servant. I don't know how well that goes down. But I, I said to him, I said, do you get much time off? No, they don't at all. And he said, on an embarkation day, he gets two hours off. Wow. And on a normal day, he gets three hours off. I assume he gets sleep time on top of that. I hope so. Maybe. Maybe. But anyway, I'll, I'll definitely go back. Um, and the Mediterranean cruises, if you book up early enough, um, didn't seem that bad in price. Okay, so that's a seven-day one, wasn't it? Which yeah. is the Villefranche... It's Barcelona to Villefranche to... Naples. Rome, Naples, Rome. And back again, isn't it? Something along those lines. It was three stops in Italy, one in France. Yeah. I've done that itinerary. And I'm, I, if you've never done it, it's a fantastic itinerary to go and do. Without a shadow of a doubt, you'd love it. If you've done it once then it's very repetitive to go back and do it a second time. Mm. You know, there's not a massive array of different things you'd want to go and do to do the same itinerary again and again. So the problem is, that is, like you say, the cheapest one that they do in the Mediterranean, and I've done it. And the ones that I'd like to do now, which are the Norwegian and the ones that include Iceland and the Northern Europe ones, are the ones that we need would do next. And they are ridiculously expensive. So uh, for the moment, I will not be cruising around the Med with Disney. But we'll see what happens. I know that um, one of our friends is, is doing on a um, transatlantic one, where they relocate it from the Med to America. Yeah. Um, and you can go on a one that's the other way around, but it's, I think that's 12 nights just across the sea. I wonder if you'd enjoy the boat as much. Um... Apparently it's the, the full itinerary. The, yeah. The full, full shows and entertainment and stuff like that but obviously you're just on the boat for 12 nights yeah but the good thing is well you get all of the activities and stuff that go on during the day there's more stuff so you get your cooking demonstrations and there's things like tours that they do i did a, a whole boat tour right such a geek it was brilliant um and they have so many different things that are going on all the time you cannot possibly get bored on a disney cruise ship you know, I, I would I could quite happily have stayed on a Disney cruise ship, not got off anywhere, and be completely entertained the whole time. You get your obviously your film premieres and things like that as well, and all those bits and pieces. So yeah. there's a lot that goes on, you know, as well as obviously the itinerary to the different places. I think um, on the boat there was Tomorrowland was on. Yes. Which um, I'd only seen a couple of weeks earlier in the cinema. Yeah. Um, See, that's there's your there's schoolboy error. There's your error. If you obviously not done it before, if yeah. there's a Disney film that has only just come out just before I go away, I don't go and see it if I'm going on a cruise because I know I'll get to see it for free. When I'm on the cruise. As the cruise director said, there's two ways of looking at it. It's either free entry into the cinema or the most expensive entry into the cinema. Yeah, that's true. Um, I saw Iron Man 3, um, I think it was, and I went late at night to watch it once it would just come out and I hadn't seen it yet and went to a late night screening of it um, and did it that way um, okay that's Cruise Line then so you're saying yes you definitely go back you definitely want to do that again And yeah I just need more money yeah that's the only problem with the Disney Cruise Line they're not cheap but uh, they are well worth it right let's talk um, I think some running y yes 
Okay, so you've already mentioned that you are achy a little bit. I am. Because today... Today I did a 10k run around um, Gateshead Keyside. Um, it was organised by the people who do the Great North Run. And it was called the Great North 10k. Right. Um, I have been doing a lot of training over the past six months. As, yeah. um You're well aware of it. And on Thursday, I stumbled upon a little foot injury. I was on, I was on the verge of actually not doing today's run. But you went and did it, and you survived. I went and did it, and there was two reasons why I went to do it. One, this was one of my goals that I'd set up, regardless of the Disney Brit running team. Yeah. But then the other thing was, I wanted to be able to complete that race as part of the Disney Brit running team and say, "Look, I've done it. I've got, I've got a story. I've done a completion. I can tick that one off my list." Yeah, definitely. And I think if if I was doing it all by myself, I don't think I would have pushed any further no but you've done it and that's good so that's your next step your next milestone was that 10k and you're there which is great i'm getting there i've done a two-part runs now on a saturday morning 5k runs the, the course is not easy it's very hilly uh but pleased to say that at both times now i've well this last time i did it i did actually get a pb which is good so i'm getting faster and that's cool i'm now running about between 7 and 8k uh, on my training plan which is great and uh, what's really great is that you're all supporting us and you're pushing us on as well because uh, this past week you've all donated like crazy and it's been absolutely fantastic so we want to, we've got a big list of people we need to say a massive thank you to because you've now sponsored us and we have currently got £285 of our target which is brilliant so uh, need to say a massive thank you to Phil Boffin to Clive Richardson, Stephen Sanderson Anthony Thick, Albert uh, Ewan Craig Duncan, I have to read you Craig Duncan's message. It says, well done, lads, and thanks for making me look bad. Little and mini dunks say they will double it if you carry Adam on your back, Alan. Best of British and do a Paula on the Frenchman for us. There we go. Uh, Roy Stewart as well. Paul Hogg, Janice Oliver and Jeanette Walker, uh, my wife. Um, Carolyn, uh, as uh, we say, Carolyn, Craig, and Claire, we spoke, we said thank you to before, and they've they've all sponsored as well, which is fantastic. Um, what's really great is that obviously we we've got a lot of support there going for us. Uh, it is two weeks time that we will run our first kind of official event that we're doing as part of our fundraising efforts, and myself and Alan, with a few other people, will be running the uh, Color Rush five k obstacle run uh, up in Newcastle. Um, so we're really looking forward to to giving that a go. It'll be fantastic. It should be good fun. Um, I'm beginning to think now because obviously we've done this training. You've done a 10k, right? Yeah. I'm doing seven or eight k a run. Um, I'm beginning to think that maybe we've started easy, Alan. Do you think? Because well, I was working this out. There are, there are nine obstacles over yep. a five k course, which works out roughly an obstacle every 500 meters. So in theory, we only have to run 500 meters before we get to an obstacle. Yeah, that's true. So I think we may have started a little bit easy, but at the time that we booked it, we weren't quite a 5K, so that's fine. But I am looking at other events that I'm possibly going to be doing. There's some bigger 10K obstacle events that I'm looking at for later on in the year, I need to talk to you about. Um, and uh, we're going to be building up to that half marathon uh, that's coming up next year. Now, talking about half marathon, on the last episode, we did sort of mention a little bit about what was going on with regards to the half marathon. We want to give you a little bit more detail now so you know exactly what's going to be going on with it. Basically, the races themselves are going to take 
take place on Saturday and Sunday of that particular weekend, which is the 24th and 25th of September, with the Expo, the Fitness Expo, it's called the Run Disney Health and Fitness Expo, running from the 22nd to the 24th. Uh, it's going to be open, from what we understand with the details we've got at the minute, the Expo will open on the uh, 24th, 22nd, sorry, from 3 till 8pm, and then on the Friday and Saturday, 8am till 8pm. There are several races, as we anticipated, that are going to be in this. Um, there is going to be a Disneyland Paris 5K family race that's going to start at 7am on Saturday the 24th of September. And also there's going to be a kids race, Run Disney Kids race, that's from 10am on Saturday the 24th of September. The uh, 5K family race is going to be through the parks and the kids races is going to be around the lake of Disneyland Paris. And of course the big one, which is the inaugural Disneyland Paris half marathon, that is going to be taking place uh, around the parks and through some of the French countryside and the kickoff time for that is from 7am on Saturday sept uh, on Sunday September the 25th at this moment in time there, are, there is nothing open to be able to book but package registration is going to open from October the 6th and there are a limited number of individual registrations available from the 12th of January what exactly that is going to entail we don't know as yet we are hoping to find out some more information soon and the sooner we find out that information the sooner we can pass it on to you which would be great yeah there's um apparently if you've done a, a race over in um, disneyland california a half marathon over there you can and you do one over here in disneyland paris there is a special medal that you're going to get if you've done it done them both within one year yeah i think paul washington's doing that i think he is yeah He's going to get a special medal. Um, also, this is also something to, to bear in mind. I don't know how good a runner you're going to be by then, Adam. But uh, there are special awards for the, on the ceremony for the race for the uh, top three overall female finishers and the top three overall male finishers. Yeah, it won't be me. That won't be happening. I won't be in the top three at all. Not going to be happening. You, you never know. You've got a no, year and no, a bit. No, really. That's, that's not going to be happening. Um, but again, if you want to join in, you can join in over on facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Disney Brit running team. You can, of course, sponsor us justgiving.com forward slash Disney Brit running team. And if you want to join us, then you can go to disneybrit.com forward slash DBRT and join all the information that's going on over there. We've got a great group of people who are already talking to each other and working together on all the bits and pieces that we're doing for um, this particular event and we hope that you'll kind of come and join us and take part in all of that as well so uh, thank you to all those people as we've said already who have donated we're really really appreciative of all the people that have uh, donated so far and hopefully we'll continue and by september 2016 we will have uh the uh the amount that we're looking for so that'll be fantastic Trust. okay right blackpool. sorry go on i was gonna say blackpool oh blackpool do you want to mention blackpool as well which we're, we're thinking of yeah we're um we thought well, obviously we're doing a lot of this planning and stuff across the internet, and you know that's that's how Disney Brit has, has been built up over the years. Um, but we've previously had meetups um, with Disney Brit. We had mouse meets um, several years ago, um, and we haven't had one this year. And there was a few reasons for that. But we thought, well, why don't we try and have a, a sort of an informal meetup in reference to the Run Disney stuff, the yeah. Disneyland um, Paris Half Marathon, yeah. etc. But at the same time, try and make it into a social event. You know, if you're, if you're into running and you're in, in part of the Disney Brit running team, we're going to try and hold a maybe a little running event. It'll probably be along the, the front at Blackpool Pleasure yeah. Beach or whatever it is, yeah. the Golden Mile, whatever it's called. Um, you know, we'll probably not try to do anything too strenuous. 
and probably then fall into a, a pub and a restaurant and stuff like that. So we're, we're looking at doing something simple, but we will, yeah. again, if you join the running team, we can let you know about all that information as well. Um, but in terms of scheduling times, we haven't decided yet, but it's more than likely to be during the illuminations. Yeah, so sometime around there. Okay, right. Time for the last part of today's show. It is this. It is Disney's ultimate attraction. What is it about this track? It's so good. Okay, so we are on to the next round of uh, Disney's Ultimate Attraction. We've got four more pairs for you. And this is the point where, honestly, it is starting to get really, really difficult. So, four pairs. Let's uh, go through. Well, let's start off with the first pair that we have got for you. And today, it is Pirates of the Caribbean versus the Maharaja Jungle Trek. So, one will go through, one will go out. The question is, Alan... Which one is going through for you, and which one is going out? Ooh. This is difficult. It's a tricky one. Because they're not comparable at all. Not comparable in the slightest. One being a real classic attraction, and the other one being uh, being something that is very, very different in style, but uh, yeah. equally enjoyable. Um, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go against the grain of what I would normally say because normally I'm Animal Kingdom all the way. Um, I like the Maharaja Jungle Trek, don't get me wrong, I like seeing the um, tigers. Yeah. Um, but I think Pirates of the Caribbean is is a, a more enjoyable, relaxing sail ride, where the other one is a, a trek. Okay. So I'm guessing you're going Pirates? Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. Well, I, I found this really a difficult one to, to call. Not because I don't... It's not, the reason is because I love Pirates. Pirates is a fantastic attraction. Again, it's one that Walt was involved in the development of. Uh, it's a classic. But equally, Maharaja Jungle Trek contains what I can only describe as my favourite animal. Um, and it was that harsh kind of decision of, do I go my favourite animal in one of the best settings to see that animal? Or do I go Pirates of the Caribbean classic attraction? Um... I ended up with Pirates of the Caribbean because, you know, I think if, again, I looked at it, if Pirates of the Caribbean was to close, there would be uproar and there's nowhere else in the world you can see Pirates of the Caribbean in the style that it is in Walt Disney World. Whereas if they were to take Tigers away from Animal Kingdom, I could still see Tigers elsewhere. Um, so for me, that swayed it and meant that I went Pirates of the Caribbean and actually everybody else did as well. Uh, there was only one person that went for Maharaja Jungle Trek over Pirates of the Caribbean Everybody else voted for uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, which is great. So Pirates of the Caribbean goes through. Maharaja Jungle Trek goes out. Okay, next one. Are you ready for this one? Yeah? Yeah, so, yeah sorry. these are the pairs that we've got. <laughs> Where are you gone? You disappeared off and left us. Oh, I was re I'm reading something about Run Disney, which I'm going to add in the end. Oh, okay. Uh, Disney's Festival of Fantasy Parade against Carly River Rapids. Now, I can tell you... Yeah. that there is a chance that we could sway this vote. Depending on which one we vote for. So, you go first? I'll go first. Okay, Carly uh, River Rapids. I like Carly River Rapids. I think part of the problem with Carly River Rapids is that the message it tries to get across isn't necessarily as strong as it could be. 
Um, I, d I love the story behind it. I love the backstory behind it. But unless you are a Disney fan, you don't necessarily get that. And um, I get the kind of the whole forestation idea and all those bits and pieces, which is great. Um, it is a raft ride at the end of the day. It's, again, something that you can get in else other places. And I don't think it's the best raft ride in Orlando, if I'm honest. But it's still good. And if you want to get cool on a hot, sunny day, there is no better place to go than Collie River Rapids. Having said that, you've then got the Festival of Fantasy Parade, which I think is one of the best parades they've had in Disney for, for a little while. Uh, I think it's very clever. It's got some really great touches to it. I love the steampunk dragon that you get halfway through it. Um, there's nothing better than a Disney parade. You know, no one else does Disney parades as well as Disney do. And this one, I think, is just another step up from the ones that they've done previously. So for me, uh, it's it's Festival of Fantasy Parade over Carly River Rapids. What about you? Mm. Well, you see, I, I'm I'm the opposite way around. I, I, I agree that no one does Disney parades like Disney, and no one does parades like Disney. Um, but um, I prefer an attraction to a to a a show that goes down the street. Um, I know there's a lot of excitement when the steampunk dragon blows out the fire, but I. I I haven't really felt the connection to the parades like I used to as when I was younger. Um, the last parade, I, I, let's put it this way, I didn't cry. I, I grade a parade on a crying memory. Um, okay, so it didn't make you cry. No, it didn't make us cry, and and that that's that's not just because it's like a whole emotional thing. Yeah. The music, the music was good, but I don't think it's been their best parade music. Okay. Um. And I think the, the last parade wasn't even that good either, so um, I'm not going to... So does this mean you're going Carly River Rapids? I'm going to go Carly River Rapids because I know that this story isn't emphasised enough about the deforestation and yeah. the logging company, etc. But I think that that's the whole point about Animal Kingdom, that you go, you go in and you don't notice necessarily the message although the message is there it's yeah. laid out for you yeah you've got to discover that yourself once you discover it yourself fair point um it means more to you okay so you're going carly river rapids yeah the parade goes through oh <laughs> and by one vote the Typical. parade goes through by one vote takes carly river rapids out so that's gone and the festival of fantasy parade goes through if we'd have both voted carly river rapids then the rapids would have gone through but I honestly don't think it's as good as the parade. Okay, here's another toughie. It's yeah. Kilimanjaro Safaris versus Walt Disney One Man's Dream. Bear in mind of today's rumoured news. But yeah, bear in mind today's rumoured news. It still exists at this moment in time as we're voting for this. And at the time that the poll went up, it still exists. So, Alan. Um, One Man's Dream is a lovely exhibit and shows you all about Walt's history and information and about his I don't know is it developments that's the word that's the word I'm looking for I'm, I'm wiggling my fingers because I'm doing this um, little dancing man in your mind in my mind um, but it's it's a bit museum-y yes so whereas Kilimanjaro Safaris is it a nice long attraction? Well, it's, equally, you could you could argue what Disney's One Man Dream is is quite a lengthy attraction, especially if you've got the video at the end. Yeah, 
Um, I, I, I do think that you need to keep some sort of reference to Walt Disney in the, the theme parks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, do, I do feel it would be sad to like, return to just the term Disney and not even realise that's a real person. Um, but, you know, if, what would I what would I prefer to do on a holiday? Kilimanjaro safaris or one man's dream? I think it would be the safari every time. Okay. Um, again, it's another dilemma for me, wasn't it? It was the Walt Disney aspect to it, the fact that I love one man's dream, I enjoy walking around the exhibit. I think the exhibit doesn't change that often, um, and that may be part of the reason why it's disappearing i still think the video at the end is a fantastic tribute i hope that they still are able to use that video somewhere else if it does indeed close um kilimanjaro safaris though on the other hand is again something unique something different and it's so well themed you know you feel like you're on a savannah it's not a half half cocked attempt um i know if you go to bush gardens and you go on the rhino rally there it's a great attempt at a, at a safari but as you go around it, you can tell it's quite obvious you are not on an African savannah. You are not on a proper safari. Whereas there's no element of, of doubt when you're on this that you could be in the middle of Africa. And I think that is a big selling point, particularly to me. Now, has it lost some of its kind of um, unique nature since the story's changing, getting rid of Big and Little Red and having that kind of chase at the end. I don't know whether it has or not, um, but I, I, I am kind of saddened by the fact that One Man's Dream could go and it's it's that kind of legacy of Walt Disney and it's that last thing about Walt Disney that kind of exists in the parks and in a way could then disappear. And we talk a lot about how the next generation don't understand that Walt Disney was a person. They they know it was a film company and it's a theme park and all that sort of stuff. And and I kind of see Walt One Man's Dream as this kind of glimmer of light that still makes people realise who he was and how amazing he was and the stuff that he did. And if that goes, that's the point that kind of Walt in the park dies, in a way, if you know what I mean. Um, but equally, I don't think it can compare to the grand epic that is. Kilimanjaro safaris. Do you know what? I'm going to vote with my heart rather than my head, and I'm going to vote One Man's Dream. Oh. But it doesn't matter because Kilimanjaro safaris has wiped the floor with One Man's Dream. Hence the reason why I feel okay voting for One Man's Dream, knowing that Kilimanjaro safaris has gone too anyway. <laughs> so there you go. That's my that's my way of kind of not committing yeah, to one like, or the other. You like Simon Cowell? And that's what it was. Yeah, I knew it was going to the viewer vote, so it was fine. There's, there's three yeses. <laughs> I'll vote no. Um, so, okay. Now, this one truly, I think, for me, is possibly the hardest one of the two. Of the, of the four, sorry, that we've got. Splash Mountain versus Muppet Vision 3D. Go on, Alan. Hmm. You need to go first because I haven't made up my mind. Yeah, it's two totally different attractions, isn't it? It's not. There's no comparison there at all. It's, I think Muppet Vision 3D, when it first came out, was amazing. I think I think the whole 3D, 4D, whatever you want to call it, style rides or attractions were were amazing when the first came out. I think that they're starting to become a bit of a standard now. There's no. I don't know, the 3D elements in Star Tours 
are better than the Muppet Vision 3D. It, it, that's real cheesy 3D, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, it is it is very dated. It would be nice to get it upgraded into something better, or even another Muppet-style attraction. Yeah. But I don't know if that's going to ever happen. Um, whereas Splash Mountain isn't just a log flume. No. Um, I assumed it was just log flume up until when I actually went on the ride. And there's one section in it where it's a bit of a like a, a coaster in a way. The, the, this, after the sort of third drop, it's the dark drop down into sort of caverns below. Yeah. Yeah. And as much as it scares me, that bit was amazing. Yeah. So I think for the unique element of that and the um, the beautiful stench you get from the garbage disposal behind the back. Nice. I'm going to say uh, Splash, Splash Mountain. Splash Mountain, okay. Um, this, uh, I think, again, this is a, a tough one for me. Um, I love the Muppets. I love Muppet Vision 3D. I love the detail. I've, already, I've talked about the, the queue. I've talked about the pre-show video uh, and the, the, the sort of guest holding area. I love that the theatre is a replica of the, the Muppet Theatre. Um, and it's unique. Again, it's unique. There's nowhere else in the world where you can watch the Muppets do a really cheesy, purposefully cheesy Muppet 3D movie. Um, and again, it links back to the kind of visionaries, uh, Jim Henson, the visionary that he was who, who directed this before he died. Um, and it's that little bit. It's again like with one man's dream are we losing a little bit of the history by taking it out on the other side you've got splash mountain a fantastic attraction uh storyline is clever and well themed admittedly do i think disney have cheapened out by using song of the south without ever admitting it being song of the south and taking those cartoony elements and keeping the other elements out and is that a bit of a lie to itself maybe i don't know um, but the attraction's still fantastic and is one that I would go on again and again and again. But the problem I've got is that these are both attractions that I love. Yeah. Um, so, I really can't decide. Um, this is where Dermot goes, I'm going to have to push you for an answer. Um, mm -hmm. It's going to be Muppet Vision for me because I can ride a log flume in lots of places but it's not just log flume I know it's not but still Splash Mountain doesn't have the history that Muppets does yeah and that's what it is that's what it's about for me it's about the story and the history and all that sort of stuff and as much as I love Splash I think I'd vote Muppets um but you voted Splash Splash goes through anyway um so, well, I can't believe Muffet Vision 3D is gone. That's really sad. Sad times. That, that means that Pirates of the Caribbean, Festival of Fantasy Parade, Kilimanjaro Safaris, and Splash Mountain all go through to the next round. Okay. So, oh man, you should wait for the next four. Uh, they're going to be coming up on the Facebook page fairly soon. You'll be able to go and check these out. These are the next four pairings that are going to be coming up. Coming up next is Enchanted Tales with Belle versus Spaceship Earth. That one's dead easy. <laughs> Awkward one, that. Space Mountain versus The Great Movie Ride. The Jungle Cruise versus Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. And Big Thunder Mountain 
versus Beauty and the Beast live on stage. Mm. There's some serious toughies in there. Yeah, it's getting it's getting closer. You can tell it's getting closer. Hmm. Who do you think's going to win? Do you, is it worth making a prediction? I did make a prediction. Did you at yeah. the beginning of the thing? At the very very beginning of this, I made a prediction. Yeah. I wrote it down and sealed it. I don't know where I put it. <laughs> <laughs> he posted it to someone else. <laughs> put it somewhere. But I know which one I went. Which one I voted for. And they're still in. And they're still in. Excellent. Well, we will see. We will see what happens in two we weeks' time. See what happens in two weeks' time, and see what the next one is. But uh, that is it. That is the uh, the next series are done, which means uh, all that's left for us to do today is, I believe, this. Is it not? Sort oh, of. This. There we go. So, thank you once again for joining me, Alan. No problem. Anytime. Fingers crossed. By the time we come back with Disney Bit Bite Size next week, you will be fully recovered uh, and no longer in any more pain, which would be great. Um, thank you for listening once again. You can, of course, uh, keep up to date with us uh, while we're not here, which is at DisneyBrit.com. You can also uh, go over to DisneyBrit.com forward slash DBRT if you want to join the running team. And you've got our Facebook page, Facebook.com forward slash DisneyBrit Podcast and Twitter at DisneyBrit. If you want to email us, you can email us radio at DisneyBrit.com with any comments, questions, suggestions, anything like that. Uh, it would be great to hear from you. Also, if you want to uh, join the Facebook group for our Disney Brit running team, a reminder, it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Disney Brit running team. And, of course, you can go to justgiving.com and you can uh, uh, donate to us there as well. If you are such a lovely person that you feel the need that you want to uh, sponsor us without uh, doing it uh, over the internet, you can do it via your mobile phone. And uh, we've now got this set up and it's definitely working. Uh, you can do it by texting 70070, so 770. You can uh, donate as much or as little as you want on there, as long as it's whole pounds. And you can text DB99 followed by the pound sign and your amount to 70070, and that will be added to the total amount that we've raised so far. And we'll say a massive thank you to next time. Right, that's it. We will see you in a week. Have I forgotten anything, Alan? I'm going to add something about the um, Disneyland. Oh, yeah, go on then. You've got about 20 seconds. Do you? Yeah, otherwise you can't get a run ID. All right, better get that sorted then. Get your medical certificate by next week. We'll see you in a week's time. Till then, see ya. Gosh, everybody, <laughs> that was swell.